0: Alrighty folks for eons our planet has drifted as a spaceship through the universe
1: and for a brief moment we have been its passengers throughout today's performance please refrain from buzzing stinging and pollinating and no chirping thank you
0: welcome to the wdw reflections podcast with your hosts dewey ron and tony Here, we'd love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on The WDW Reflections Podcast.
1: Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections.
0: Hey y'all, welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. I am one of your hosts, I am Dewey. And this is episode number 10 with me today are my podcast travel buddies, Ron and Tony. Good morning, Tony. How's it going, buddy?
2: I'm doing good. All of a sudden, I'm feeling like the center square here. I just happened to look up at the screen, (laughs) but I'm doing okay. How about you guys?
0: Yeah, circle gets the square. (laughs) All right. Good
1: morning, Tony. How about you, Ron? Good morning, buddy. How are you today? morning, guys. I'm doing well. When you said that, Tony, thing that popped in my ma- mind was Brady Bunch. I yeah, Brady started Bunch. started looking down at you and <laughs> <laughs> fun times. Um looking forward to the discussion today and, and happy to be here. Yeah,
0: as us old guys talk about all the television programs from our youth that no- <laughs> basically nobody that listens to our show is going to know why we're talking about the Brady Bunch or uh, Hollywood Squares. So that's good stuff. All right, fellas. So Are we ready to reflect on this week's WDW Reflections podcast? I'm ready.
2: Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready.
0: All right. So this week, our main topic, we've chosen a classic Disney attraction, the Wedway People Mover. The Wedway People Mover. So the Wedway People Mover actually goes back way, way before building uh, Walt Disney World. And even before before it was located in Disneyland, the initial technology utilized in the people mover was originally designed for the Ford Pavilion at the 1964 World's Fair in New York for the Magic Skyway attraction. So that attraction was the one that instead of in a, being in a ride vehicle, you were in a Ford automobile. So they had you know, Mustangs and stuff, actual cars on the track that took you around the Magic Skyway attraction. So that was super cool. But that was the, the technology was first used there for the World's Fair. And that design used rubber wheels in the center of the track and it propelled the vehicles moving forward instead of the vehicles propelling themselves. And the ride system was such a success. And it uh, it, it really just fascinated the riders that They brought it back to Disneyland in California, and the ride system there, their version of the People Mover, opened on July 2nd, 1967, so just a couple of years after the end of the New York World's Fair in 64-65. The system in Disney, Disneyland used a circular load-unload area, similar to what would eventually be built in Walt Disney World. When, the, when Disney World was built, it used a different propulsion system. No longer was it using those rubber wheels in the center that would push or propel the cars forward. The, the one in Disney World eventually would use a system called a solid state linear induction motor, which sounds super fancy and complicated, but really pretty cool technology. So early Tomorrowland was lacking in year one of Walt Disney World. When it opened in 1971, there were only four attractions, even by the end of the year in 1971. Remember, Disney World opened in October and lots of places in the park had phased openings, different things would open. But by the end of the year of 1971, Tomorrowland still only had four attractions. So planned for a later opening in what was being called phase two of Tomorrowland, Construction began on that phase in early of 1973. So for about two years, of or I guess about a year and a half of Disney World, they only had those four attractions in Tomorrowland. They knew more needed to be added. So during the fan the planning phases for Disney World's Tomorrowland, the People Mover was always something that uh, was on the on the, the plans. They knew they wanted to bring that successful technology from the World's Fair and from the People Mover at Disneyland. They knew they wanted to bring it over. And in the early phases of that planning, the, the People Mover was supposed to be housed in the same building that was going to be the spaceport ride. At that time, it was being called a spaceport. And the entrance to the tra- both attractions would have been in that same show building. The original plans called for a much longer route than was eventually built. I mean, we know that the same old song and dance, even back in the 70s, you know, it's always about the money. So they had this grand scale and this grand plan of how it was going to be this gigantic route around all of Tomorrowland. And of course, you know, things always get scaled back and and made smaller and stuff like that. But this extra track would have taken it out of the side of what was then called the spaceport building. Basically, if you're looking at it now, the side of space mountain, uh, where, where Tron is being built, it was supposed to come out of the side there on the side of spaceport. And it would have taken you all the way down through the uh, over the Tomorrowland Speedway, which of course then was called the Grand Prix Raceway, it would have made made, made a loop, turning around pretty close to what is now New New Fantasyland down there where the Dumbo's and stuff are. It would have gone all the way down there and made a loop and turned back around, past what was then Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, uh, right by Mad Hatter's Tea Party. And then it would have gone into the building where it does actually go into now the um, Mickey Star Trader building, which and then it would have caught up to its current configuration. It would have gone along the top of the Mission to Mars building, which, you know, later became Stitch's Great Escape and over to the other side where now Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin is. But back then it was if you had wings. And even those two buildings, even in when they built them in the early seventies, th- those tracks were there as part of phase one. Above, oh, if wow. you had wings in Mission to Mars, those two tracks were there. But at the end of the buildings, they just had walls built where the track was just blocked off, and it sat. Those two areas up there sat capped off for for over two years while they were still planning and. I guess probably saving all their pennies for that phase two construction to begin. So as plans changed, the spaceport ride eventually became Space Mountain. That's what we know and love today. And the ride was unfortunately shortened, no longer going out past the Speedway and the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. It basically followed the the configuration that we see today the load and unload area or or the station i guess you could call it was moved out of the the spaceport or the later space mountain building and actually came to be in the center of tomorrowland actually very much like it was in disneyland has that that center that building in the center of tomorrowland where now we know has the lunching pad and the bottom the, the center section is the load unload circular area for the people mover. And then the top is uh, was star jets. Back in the 70s, it was called Star Jets. So the Grand Prix Raceway was slightly modified to make room for the construction of the new space Mountain building and the addition of the people mover track. And this dedicated load and unload station, that was moved to the center allowed for the Star Jets to be built up on top again, just like it was over in Disneyland. So they used a lot of the the same ideas and probably lessons learned from the Disneyland attraction. And that's why they moved it there to the center. Now, originally the there was going to be a garage and a maintenance bay. When the track was really long and going all the way out past the Grand Prix Raceway, there was supposed to have been a, a, a spur, if you will, off of that track that was going to lead to a garage and a maintenance bay for the, for the for ride vehicles. But when that route was shortened, they decided to go ahead and use part of Space Mountain And there's actually a garage and a maintenance bay inside the Space Mountain building. So I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but it actually there's a there's a a spur off of the 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 ride track inside Space Mountain where they can take vehicle ride vehicles in there to do a little bit of a little bit of maintenance and stuff on them. So the linear induction system, let's talk about that for a second. That is uh, it's actually pretty cool technology. Like I said, the original used those rubber wheels that just spun all the time. And as a ride vehicle came across that that spinning rubber wheel, it would propel the ride vehicle. This linear induction system actually uses 630 motors placed around the track. And these motors create a magnetic field. And this magnetic field has a sensor in the track. And as one of the ride vehicles approaches that part of the track, it engages the, the magnetic field. And it underneath the ride vehicles, each one has a steel and aluminum plate. And that magnetic ve- or that magnetic field grabs onto that steel plate underneath the ride vehicle and propels it forward. So it's it's basically, you know, magnets attract and, and push and pull. That's what it's doing. That magnetic field is created, and it basically pulls that car to the. And it, it propels it into it gets to the next motor. And like I said, 630 of those are along the track for the People Mover in Disneyland. I'm sorry, in Disney World. so, the, so these lin, linear induction motors, or I guess they actually have an acronym, a lim l i m. They're spaced 10 feet apart. And that allows the five car trains to basically be over one of those motors at all times. So it basically pushes from one and then gets to the next one and pushes it and pulls to the next and pulls to the next. And it's just this continuous uh, firing of these magnetic fields that pulls those steel plates. And it keeps the keeps the ride moving at all times.
1: Hey, do you know if the tires were placed at the same distance? Do I know if what? the tires were at the same distance as the motors there, uh, there,
0: I don't know the distance in the, in the rubber tires for the, for the original tractions. My guess is it probably had, they probably had to have more of them because the, the, the state of the magnetic field is that, that it's a, it's a constant. So it's always pulling at the same, the same strength. So it's, it it all the car is always over the top of one it's either the front is being pulled by one or the rear is being pushed so that maintains that constant
1: speed i was Uh, gonna say because i don't remember it's been a while since i've rode it but i don't really remember it being jerky at all like you're feeling like you're being caught and then pulled and then pushed or anything that's right that's what they said about this the the
0: lamb the linear induction motor system it doesn't do that because it's always in the, in the, in a state of movement, it's either pulling from the front or pushing from the back. So it's always very smooth and you're always over one of those, one of those motors, one of those magnetic fields because there's one ev- about every 10 feet. So there's, like I said, 630 of them along the track. So that's uh, that's
2: a bunch. That's the technology, a bunch. The technology behind something like that is just uh, astounding. And it sounds like something that was being planned more for on a grander scale than just for the use in the theme park.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we will talk about that here soon, but I mean, goodness gracious y'all think about it. They built this, the construction of it started in, in 75 or, I mean, it opened in 75. So construction started in 73. So, I mean, goodness gracious. When I think back to the seventies, I I'm, it seems like the dark ages to me, you know? So it, it really, it amazes me. I mean, we went to the moon in 1969, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but you know, the fact that they were building these kinds of things in the late sixties, early seventies really is, is fascinating to me, but yeah. So, so the, those limbs, the the magnetic fields the slowing or stopping if they wanted to do that to one of the vehicles which doesn't happen a lot because these things are constantly moving but slowing or stopping is is achieved by the limbs magnetic field being reversed so they can basically just reverse the magnetic field and where it was pulling now it can push and if they want to go backwards so they just reverse the magnetic field which to me also sounds incredibly complicated it's probably not it's probably just a flip of a switch but it sounds incredibly complicated to me
2: well at the time wasn't in the early 70s wasn't at the time they were planning epcot and trying to make it into something that was technologically very much advanced
0: absolutely and this Uh, is something that
2: they were this is probably part of their scientific team that they had involved to try to come up with new ways of moving people around 100%
0: one hundred percent correct. That's a, that's one of the things close to the end of this. Uh, I will talk about oh, okay. uh, some of the some of the plans for what they had hoped the people mover system was going to be. So so a little foreshadowing there, Tony. Well done, sir. So the Disney World version can utilize up to thirty trains.
1: Oop, what was that, Ron? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But I'm interested at the end to see if there was any. True application of this technology. I'm wondering if there's a certain city that maybe be using it. Oh, mm,
0: I wonder. I, I I think I have it in my notes. We'll, we'll, let's we'll see when we get there. We'll see. So yes. So 30 trains on the Disney World version on the People Mover there, and it can carry up to 3,600 guests per hour on the uh, 4,600 feet long track. So you can. You can travel just about a mile. It's about, you know, a mile is around 5,600 feet. So at 4,600 feet, this track is just shy of a mile long. And the ride takes you about 10 minutes to get around this, this circle tour of Tomorrowland.
2: But doesn't it feel like the 10 most glorious minutes while you're on there? It's like, oh, it does. You, you don't want to get off.
0: And there's, I've been on it, you know, because sometimes there's no line. So yeah. there's times when you get back to the loading and unloading station yeah. that uh, I'll just say, "Hey, Jump can we right go again?" On. Yeah. You know, sometimes they'll let they don't even make you get off if there's no line. They're like, "Sure," and they'll just wave at you.
2: Way back in the day, there used to not be a line for this, and we used to go on over and over.
0: Absolutely, and there were times when if we had a fast pass or something for Buzz or whatever, we would just ride the TTA for i don't know two or three times waiting for our our fast pass window to open so yeah back in the day before the magic kingdom was a mob scene you could just walk right on to the people mover whenever you wanted to
2: a a, a quick non sequitur my sister still doesn't forgive me because she was following the oj trial back in the 90s and i convinced her to come with me to disney world uh, on a fateful day where as we came off the people mover, we were told that he was uh, what the verdict was. And she was so upset because she wanted to see that at home.
0: <laughs> okay. Hmm, let's see. I'm going to put them on the scale here. <laughs> OJ Simpson verdict or day in magic. Kingdom? That's what I say to her. Oh, I said,
2: we yeah. had a great, we had a great day in the magic kingdom, but she was, she was upset because she'd been following it so intensely. And as we came off the, the girl, at the, um, I'm sorry, the cast member at the end went, um, he's walking. Oh. <laughs> I mean, think about it. We, it. There was no,
0: you didn't get a Twitter update. That's or right. Seven, you know, that's right. That's awesome. All right. So, so yeah, so just short of a mile, 4,600 feet long. So uh, that fascinates me again, that when they finished Tomorrowland, that wasn't there. And they had to, you know, actually came in and built all that track and everything. So very cool stuff. So when Carousel of Progress was set to close at Disneyland in 1973, they decided to to move the Carousel of Progress all the way across to the East Coast, actually back to the East Coast, because you'll remember it was located for about a year. It was over in the World's Fair in 1964 in New York. So after the World's Fair, they packed it up and sent it to Disneyland. And it stayed there for five years or so. And they packed it back up and sent it back to Disney World. So when it got to Disney World in, in Tomorrowland to help with the scarcity of attractions there, they decided that they were going to you know use Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress to help improve the, the attraction list over at Tomorrowland. The Progress City diorama that had been housed on the second floor of Carousel of Progress back at the 1964-65 World's Fair had also been taken to the Disneyland attraction and it sat on the second floor of the Disneyland attraction in its entirety, which was a gigantic, <coughs> excuse me. It was a gigantic model. So when they brought it to the East coast for its permanent home in Disney world, they had to really scale it down. The The model that you see on the people mover track today is not even a quarter of the size of the original Progress City model. It was a gigantic model. So, although now much smaller than the original massive model, the Progress City model was placed along the People Mover track and it can actually still be seen today. It's still in there in that little dark tunnel when you're coming through. Uh, it's there on your left and it's really pretty awesome that. Again, that's, that's another piece of Walt that, that is there for us to see. That was the original model that was the supposed plan for what would eventually be the city of Epcot, which was Walt Disney's uh, original dream, his, his grand, grand plan for the Florida project.
2: I'm sure a lot of folks don't even record, don't even realize that because it seems part of the fantasy while you're on this scientific ride, right. and you Absolutely see this this right. really futuristic city. Uh, you you don't necessarily think that that's really going to be built, but that's that was Walt's um, Walt's idea.
0: That was the whole idea. It was some of the early planning for his his plan for the city of Epcot. It was it was gigantic and. You know, that was he wasn't planning a theme park in Florida. The theme park was just going to be built there to finance his grand dream of of his city of Epcot. So that model was his ultimate dream. And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't
1: happen. But I, I think it's also very interesting um, as you look at development today, even I've, he was so much before his time. And people that are developing now are making not so much the futuristic and, and, but you have dining and shopping and living all in one area. And that was, I mean, that's exactly what Epcot was going to be a truly working society. Right. And, and developers have really taken that all over the country and, and continue to use that ideal. So you, you, I mean, it just fascinates me how, forward-thinking Walt Disney truly was absolutely he was a he was
0: a, a, a study of of city planning and trying to make things more you know efficient and to make things more environmentally friendly and, and all of those things that nobody was talking about in the 1960s you know he was certainly way ahead of his time and but you're right Tony that I I don't know that everybody knows that that is what that model is is that you know that is was supposed to be the vision for Epcot and and Ron I think you're right too that nobody back then was was doing those kinds of things and now today people are incorporating you, in any major city when they're doing these re- revitalization projects you see shopping districts and you know touristy areas and stuff like that and that was certainly came from the mind of of Walt Disney and his Imagineers. So the the Wedway People Mover Project cost just over $10 million to build, and it opened in 1975. It officially opened on July 1st, 1975. And get this, you'll like this, Ron. I wonder if you went on it when you were there in seventy six. The the Wedway People Mover, as it was known we then, did. was an e-ticket attraction when it opened in in July of 1975. So, uh, I, we've talked in the past. We've talked about your first trip and how you used the tickets and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder, do you have any recollection? Did you use one of those those big time expensive e-tickets for
1: the the People Mover? Surprisingly, I do remember riding it, and and. Unfortunately, it seems like we were a little bit disappointed with it, but we really enjoy it now. But again, you got to remember, we're coming from a background similar to Tony where it's all thrill and and fast moving. And sometimes we as the kids just didn't appreciate some of the theming and, and everything that Disney brought. But yeah, I actually remember pretty vividly because you could see um, Space Mountain and we had not rode Space Mountain yet. And you could see the cars zooming by in those windows and it was um, just added to the excitement of what was to come.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, so it, it was, I mean, I guess because, to, because of the cost and because of the, the, how advanced that technology was that they designated it an e-ticket but by the end of 1976 it was actually dropped down to a D ticket attraction so it only lasted for as an E ticket for about a year and mm-hmm. then by the end of 76 they had changed it to a D ticket so the original people
1: mover now I'm sorry I me interrupt again but I, I, now I'm wondering if when we went in 76 it seems like we were there in July, so I don't know if it would have been an E or a D ticket at that point. But Yeah, I, in my research, I didn't find
0: anything about a, a specific date of when when that made the switch from E to D ticket. Uh, I just did, in, in the reading, it, it said by the end of 76, it had gone to a D, so I'm not sure how expensive your ride on the people mover was that year, <laughs> but it was either an E or a D for sure. So the original people mover was narrated by well-known Disney voice actor, Jack Wagner. So the same voice for the, for the monorail, you know, the same please stand clear of the doors guy. He, he was the original narration for the original people mover. The narration explained what the writer was looking at around the circle tour of Tomorrowland. And this narration lasted until a change was made in 1985. And this change added in a high-pitched computer narrator named Oric One, and he was known as your commuter computer. The narration was similar in content to the original Jack Wagner narration, although it did contain a few attempts at comedy as he acted as your tour guide through Tomorrowland.
2: An early version of Rex, it sounds like. there.
0: I was thinking the same thing. It It, it has that Same high pitched, you know, Pee Wee Herman kind of voice, electronic sounding voice. And he was at times uh, a little silly and things very much like Rex from Star Tours. I thought the same thing, Tony. That's funny. So that voice in 1985 did replace the Jack Wagner narration. And but more changes were coming and beginning to appear in Tomorrowland in the late 80s and early 90s new color schemes began to appear, changing that futuristic stark white landscape of early Tomorrowland as pinks and blues were added as accent colors around the land. So you guys remember early Tomorrowland was this, it was supposed to be like our future, the future of humankind. So everything was very sleek and and bright white, like the like the the Apollo missions, those Saturn V rockets and everything, you know, they were the gigantic white rockets with yeah. USA on the side and everything. Most of Tomorrowland was followed that that color scheme. Everything was, the, even the the giant monoliths that were in the entrance to Tomorrowland that had the fountains and everything on them. Those were all painted, you know, stark white, and all of the construction, all of the building materials and everything throughout Tomorrowland was all of that. Stark white to accompany the look of those, you know, the, the star jets looked like NASA rockets and all that stuff. But beginning in the late 80s and early 90s, they began adding those accent colors because just around the corner, on the horizon, was the beginning of New Tomorrowland, and New Tomorrowland began in. The early 90s, and by 94, 95 timeframe, that was when we saw some gigantic changes to what Tomorrowland would become. So, the large circular building in the center of Tomorrowland that housed the Star Jets and the Wedway People Mover were both rethemed for the new Tomorrowland refurbishment. The Star Jets became the Astro Orbiter, getting all new ride aesthetics with revolving planets that circled around the, 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 the ride vehicles. And there were, you know, the planets would, would rotate and move around the axis around the, the, the circular ride. And at nighttime, those planets would light up and stuff. Very different looking than the, the stark white because the planets were bright and orange and, you know, vibrant colors and things like that. The People Mover was also rethemed and let's say it was renamed from the Wedway People Mover and then became the Tomorrowland Transit Transit Authority Metroliner Blue Line. So say that five times (laughs) fast. That is a mouthful. The Tomorrowland Transit Authority Metroliner Blue Line and... I know from my experience and probably just about everybody else never called it that gigantic long name. They just called it the TTA for short. So the TTA, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. So the the Wedway People Mover, along with the Astro Orbiter, got those new name changes. The structure itself was also renamed to Rocket Tower Plaza Station. So that entire center building that has the lunching pad in the bottom, the people mover in the middle, or now the TTA, and then the Star Jets on top became the Astro Orbiter, and they named that entire complex Rocket Tower Plaza Station. So both of these attractions closed on January 10th of 1994 to begin this transformation, and they both reopened in June of 94 after those rehabs were complete. The actual ride for the TTA didn't get any cosmetic changes, but it did change along with the, the Astro Orbiter and everything like that. The work continued on New Tomorrow Land because drastic changes were coming to the previous version of the land. What had begun with the addition of some pink and blue highlights to the original stark white landscape was completely transformed with bright neon lights lining just about every surface in Tomorrowland. So there was big, bright orange neon lights basically all the way down that uh, that main walkway through Tomorrowland. Lots of color where before it had been just that white NASA theme. Along with the bright colors, New Tomorrowland also contains a new all around theme, no longer was it the the future of mankind and what we thought humans were going to be interacting with and dealing with in our future. They changed that to a interplanetary gathering place for humans and aliens alike to meet and exchange commerce and ideas. So they added the interplanetary uh, galactic and interplanetary convention center, And that's when you started seeing things like alien encounter, the extraterrestrial alien encounter. And the TTA was incorporated into that storyline as well. It became now known as a means of transportation around that interplanetary convention center and other locations of interest around this bustling spaceport. So that was the, the new idea. Or the new theme for New Tomorrowland. It was during this refurbishment that some of the now iconic narration elements were introduced. The now familiar boom, boom, boom tone that alerts writers to the, the new, new message that was coming on your circle tour of Tomorrowland. That's when it made its debut. Tomorrowland Transit Authority Metroliner nonstop now departing Rocket Tower Plaza Station for a round-trip Super Skyway Tour. It's also when the famous line, paging Paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Mr. Tom Tom Morrow, Morrow. and abrupt new narration elements were also uh, added. Things like, now Now approaching approaching, Walt Disney's Disney's Carousel of Progress," Progress, and things like that. I'm sure you guys probably recognize, even though I'm doing a horrible imitation.
2: Yeah, it sounds pretty good to me.
0: I oh, you're you're too kind, Tony. You're too kind. But you I know you kind, guys though. recognize yeah. those. That was ad- added in during the 1994 New Tomorrowland refurbishment.
2: Can I add though? When they were paging Tom Morrow, that's because he was a character uh, at the parks at the time. He was that Robin Williams animatronic that was inside that that uh, and that was taken over by um, by Stitch.
0: That's correct. That's um, um holy smokes, my mind just went blank. Give me a second. Timekeeper.
2: Timekeeper, that's right. Timekeeper. He was, I he was lost was, it. That's okay. His name was Tom Morrow and so Tom um,
0: Morrow. That's correct. And they were paging Mr. Tom Morrow, very clever, you know, tomorrow. we're in tomorrow land. Those Imagineers they're so clever. All right. So, and that's how the TTA remained for the better part of two decades. It's, uh, it's hard to think about that, but it, it really remained mostly unchanged for almost 20 years. Periodic work did occur from time to time, you know, just slight enhancements, things like that, but nothing really changed the ride experience. But then in the late 2000s, some improvements and changes began to happen. In 2009, the TTA closed for a short time in order to add some new lighting effects. They installed some color-changing LED lighting systems along the track, which would enhance and mimic some of the bright-colored neon that traced all along the Tomorrowland landscape. And these changes in 2009 also saw a narration change. So gone was the previous... Peter Renaday version that had been present since 1994 with the new Tomorrowland refurbishment and added was a new narration by voice actor Mike Brazzle. And that, uh, that narration featured information about other attractions that you can see along the TTA route, including the now, and this is my opinion, only my opinion, the thankfully defunct Stitch's Great Escape. As the narrator would tell you, your mission was to try and contain Experiment 626. And then Stitch would jump in, and I'm not going to try and do a horrible Stitch impression, <laughs> but Stitch would jump in and say, I don't think so, in that shrieky, annoying Stitch voice. It also featured introduction to the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, and they also had a little, a little voice excerpt of everybody's favorite monster, Roz, And she would she would beckon you or call you in to come help out and create some electricity for a monstropolis. So some 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 little voice inserts there from Stitch and Roz. So that was added in 09. And my favorite of all these changes actually came in 2010 when the ride officially received a new name yet again. So the original Wedway People Mover changed to the the incredibly long Tomorrowland Transit Authority Metro Line or Blue Line or the TTA. But in 2010, they officially threw back to the original name of the attraction and renamed it the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. So back to the original name, the People Mover. I'm okay with calling it the TTA People Mover. I think that Kind of gives it maybe a little bit of the best of both worlds. We still have the TTA, we but now it's called the People Mover again. I never stopped calling it the People Mover anyway, yeah. but I'm, I'm glad that in 2010, they actually came back and, and said, let's throw it back to the original and, and and call it the People Mover again. So that made me very happy when that occurred back in 2010. In 2013, the Progress City model along the route received a much-needed refurbishment. This thing had barely been touched, sitting almost in its original state from when it was installed and opened in 1975 with the opening of the People Mover. So it had sat there for, goodness gracious, don't make me do public math, but from 1975 up until 2013 when they, they refurbished the Progress City model. So that's a really long time. So they added some pretty cool new elements. You can see there's almost looks like sky riding above the uh, above the city. And it says the city of tomorrow. And they they added LED lighting to the to the model. And I think at some point the Ferris wheels had stopped moving. So they fixed that and everything. So it definitely needed some love. And in 2013, finally got some. Then, in 2014, 2014, Tomorrowland began receiving some color updates all around the land, and they began adding some bright oranges and reds and different color schemes like that. And actually, you can see those. They're still there today. The, the new paint job, I guess you could say, that Carousel of Progress got back in 2014. It, it, they painted over. You guys remember Carousel of Progress used to have those like the 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 gears, all the gears and spokes and things painted along the side. Well, now in 2014, with the the refacing of Summit of Tomorrowland, they repainted Carousel of Progress up to all those uh, red and oranges and yellows, those geometric shapes that went around the the circular building. To go along with that, they also repainted some of the TTA, the People Mover, the the speed ramps that take you up the hill to get to the second level; those were painted in a bright orange configuration, and that really, you know, adds some color that those bright pops to to the the, the station there, and also to the Carousel of Progress. And then that's kind of it for changes and stuff to the the ride system or anything like that that made any any significant changes to the riding experience. And it operated like that for about the next six years or so in this configuration until January of 2020, when the ride experienced a short closure due to smoke being seen coming from the ride. So they closed the ride down in January, 2020 and the Reedy Creek fire department came in and, you know, made sure that it was safe, made sure there was no fire, or anything like that, which good news, they didn't find any fire, but they also were unable to determine the cause of the smoke. They did lengthy inspections, no fires, but also no discernible source of this smoke either. So after a few days, they, they brought it back online and started letting guests write it again until another problem piped up in February of 2020. And reports stated that two people mover cars crashed into each other in February of 2020, resulting in another closure. And uh, this closure was to be a bit more substantial than just a few days from the one in January. In fact, the ride closed even before the global pandemic forced the entire Walt Disney World Resort to close down in March of 2020. So, not a whole lot is out there not a lot of you know not certainly nothing official from walt disney that i could find from the walt disney prod uh walt disney world company or anything like that nothing about the 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 two cars you know smacking into each other and not a whole lot of information about why it closed in february but it did close before the the pandemic closed the parks in in march when the parks reopened in july of 2020 the People Mover didn't reopen. It remained closed. And if you followed along with the My Disney Experience app, or if you looked at the, the, the website online, they kept adding dates of the reopening for the, the People Mover. And as those dates would slowly approach, then they would push that out again. And this, this closure that began in February of 2020 dragged on and on and on with little or no comment made by Disney to explain the continued closure. They just kept changing the date. And that was about it. Finally, on April 27th of 2021, over a year had passed while this attraction, the people mover was closed. Finally, on April 27th, after more than a year, the refurbishment finally was completed And Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover was reopened to guests. And since then, we're now recording this in October of 2021. I haven't seen or heard of any additional problems or closings or anything. So, whatever the problem was, and again, to this date, Disney has not made any kind of statement or anything saying why it took so long to fix. But over a year it was closed. But thankfully, there haven't been any additional closings or additional work needed to it after it finally reopened again on April 27th of 2021. So the the Tomorrowland Transit Authority people mover is back and being enjoyed by guests again. And that's a fantastic bit of news, but that's not where the story ends. So Ron and Tony, both of you had a little foreshadowing there. Ron, I believe you were talking about you, you, you know, that the people mover system was added somewhere else in the country. And Tony, you talked about it's. It, I hmm? think I think I know what city may be using it, but I'm not positive. All right. Well, I will reveal that to you in a minute. You can let me know if you were right. right. And then, Tony, you mentioned that it was supposed to be used in Epcot as well. The Epcot, the city, right? That's what you're right. referring yes, to? Yes,
2: the environmental prototype.
0: All right. You are right. So there were supposed to be other areas where the people and mover attraction was going to be used around the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, originally in the grand plan, there was supposed to be a monorail that was going to travel from the Epcot area. When I say Epcot here, I'm meaning the city, not the theme park there was supposed to be a monorail that would leave the city of Epcot and travel down to the Lake Buena Vista shopping village, which that's what it was called. Then it later became downtown Disney. And now it's known as Disney Springs. But when Epcot was still going to be the city of the future, there was going, the plans were going to have a monorail traveling from the Epcot city to the Lake Buena Vista shopping village. And this this monorail station would have connected to a people mover system that would have circled around all of the, the shopping village and would have taken guests all around to uh, the different locations. It would have several stops around the village, and it would also have traveled to neighboring hotels along, along that area. And there was supposed to be a, an office park built there as well that the, the people mover would have taken people to. Unfortunately, the project was eventually abandoned. As we all know, the, the city of Epcot was not built, so they didn't have a need for a monorail to be taken from the city of Epcot to the shopping village. So unfortunately, that was scrapped. The original concept for the city of Epcot was also planned to have an intricate system of people mover lines. And that would have enabled guests to guests and visitors, or I guess that's the same thing. Guests and visitors are the same. So residents and guests, they would have been able to travel from the outer residential areas of the city, and they could have taken people movers into the interior of the city where people would have worked. But sadly, with the passing of Walt Disney in December of 1966, the city of Epcot was never built, so... These This intricate system of people movers was also never built. So then fast forward to the late 70s when they decided to take Epcot Center, take the original vision of the city and transform it into a theme park. The theme park Epcot Center was actually supposed to have its own version of the people mover. So you guys are probably familiar, I, I'm sure you are, that the, the two wings of Communicore that circled around the the fountain there in the center of Epcot behind Spaceship Earth, those two circular buildings, they were supposed to house an elevated circular people mover track. The buildings were built with elevated ceilings so they could accommodate the eventual addition of the people mover. But again, sadly, this never came to be either. They, they never built the, the People Mover track. It was supposed to come in in a, in a later phase to Epcot Center, but sadly, it was never built. And then now, with the demolition of one of the original Communicor buildings, it's completely gone. That's going to become the, the the Moana attraction over on that side of Epcot Center. So, since one of the uh, original Communicor buildings n- uh, is now gone, uh, it's it's official that we'll never see that become a reality. We'll never see the the people mover be added to Epcot Center. And I, for one, am pretty sad about that. I think that would have been a really cool way to travel around the interior of the center of, of, of Epcot Center there. And what was at one time called Epcot Central. So that would have been cool. But unfortunately, that building's gone. And so were our dreams of having a people mover in Epcot Center and then finally Ron for you you were talking about you thought that there was a people mover somewhere in the country uh what's your guess do you you think you know what city what city are you thinking of my guess is Washington DC oh okay you're half right half wrong let me so you're not wrong I I don't want to say you're wrong you're half right let's let's say that I'm going to give you half credit Okay. Actually, there is a Disney. A, a company bought the People Mover system from Disney in 1979, and this is in the state of Houston, Texas. The People Mover project was sold and built in the city of Houston. The Houston Airport purchased a Wedway system from the Disney company in 1979. And it was completed in 1981 at a cost of $13.5 million. And actually, that system is still in use today at the Houston airport. So that's, that's actually pretty cool. I've never traveled through that airport. But uh, man, someday, who knows, maybe when I'm a rich millionaire, I might fly to Houston just so I can jump on the Houston people mover. I think that's pretty cool. So, Ron, you're not wrong. Because there is indeed a people mover style transit system beneath the city of Washington, D.C. It's it it travels from the Capitol building and takes or takes people to uh, a couple of other government buildings uh, underneath the city. But the reason why you're only half right is because the Disney company actually sold that division of. The, the division that built the, the Wedway People Movers, they sold it in 1993. So when it was built in Washington, D.C., it was not built uh, under the Disney umbrella because that company, that division of the company, had actually been sold. But it is the same technology that was developed by Walt Disney Imagineers. And how cool. Uh, yep. So you are, I'm going to give you credit because it is, it's definitely the Wedway people mover technology it was just no that that system and that technology is no longer owned by disney because they sold it in 1993 have you ever rode it i have not i've been in the Capitol a couple of times uh like on field trips with my kids and, and things like that but i i never rode the actual system that that's beneath the Capitol.
1: i have not you've been on it yeah i've been on it and it, it so that's why I knew immediately, I was like, wow, this is very Disney-esque. And so you're 100% correct. It, it
0: is the, the those linear induction motors, the limbs that was developed by Disney for the people mover system. It is that technology. It was just that division was sold before it was built. So uh, the company that purchased it and it actually the name of that company slips my mind right now, but when they bought it from the Disney company, they did in fact build that system beneath the Capitol
1: building in Washington, DC. So when I wrote it, I was, I don't believe it's um, exclusive to the Congressman now, but when we wrote it, we were had some tickets from our Congressman and stuff and we were able to write it that way. But um, I think it's open to the public now. I'm not positive. How that That's cool. Yeah, I've I, I've seen it. Uh, and, you know, beneath
0: there, I uh, saw the station or whatever where you load on it and everything. And I know that the cars in both Houston and in uh, the in the Washington, D.C. version, they look I mean, the cars look completely different from the ones that are. That are in disney world they actually have they're enclosed i think they have they have a roof and and have glass and everything so you're actually inside kind of a, a like a monorail little car or whatever but they are it is the same the same limb or linear induction motor system same technology used in both houston and washington dc so that's pretty cool that you've been on it yeah so all right guys so that is the the quick down and dirty uh, history of the Wedway people mover I just wanted to kind of give a it, look it's one of my favorites it has been since I was a kid I loved it when I was you know 11 year old Dewey going through you know Magic Kingdom for the first time I've always loved it uh, I've, I've I've been on basically each iteration I'm, I'm pretty sure I was on it when it still had the Jack Wagner narration in 85 and uh, I know I was there for the um you know the paging Mr. Tom Morrow version and all those things when they changed changed it to the TTA and everything so what do you guys think Do you guys have any specific memories or anything you want to share about the people mover is this something that you guys hit every time when you go to the parks or do you you just do it if there's if there's no line you hop on it what's your what's your affinity towards the people mover I'll let you go first Tony
2: well, I always used to jump on that whenever there was no line, especially at night and uh, during the the day when it was when you were waiting to go between attractions. It was always one of my favorite places to just see the park, see the action. I wouldn't. I'm not really much of a parade goer, but we would watch the parades from up there sometimes as well, and just be somewhere where you can see all the action of the park all at once. Is just kind of fun. And um, I, I, I told you the story right before we started, but my very first trip to Disneyland, uh, I made a very brief trip when my nephew moved to California back in 1990s. In 1999, I made a quick trip to, to Walt Disney, I'm sorry, to Disneyland. And the very first ride that I ever went on there was their iteration of the People Mover, which at the time, as we discussed, had become the rocket rods. You said it cha- changed into rocket the rods. To? They had changed it into this very high power thing. And it's, and Ron, it's kind of funny that you were mentioning uh, that you don't remember it being herky jerky, because my memory of the one that I went on in Disneyland, uh, those rocket rods were uh, not only extremely fast moving, but it, it kept jerking our seats so much. That, and and I think that's the reason that they decided that it had a it had to be taken down. Uh, but at the at the time, it was just a little bit too fast, too herky-jerky. Uh, w- when they did the renovation of their Tomorrowland over there, but I always love um, I love the People Mover. And what's weird too is it's kind of a, another version of the monorail. But uh, um, here in the city, w- when I used to live in New York City, there would be a, a, an air train. They called it that went above ground and every time i'd look up i'd 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 always think of of disney world because i think of it as being like the people mover or the monorail it's kind of fun to think that this technology that was thought of as being something for tomorrow is actually being used in cities across uh, the country today
0: that's pretty cool yeah i know i've never been to disneyland just yet it's it's certainly on my bucket list but i'm i'm really sad that the original disneyland version of the people mover is gone because i would have loved to first of all i would have loved to have done it because it used that that original that rubber tire system that they used at the world's fair so i think that would have been pretty cool to experience you know because obviously i wasn't alive in 1964 or 65 when the world's fair was there so uh, i didn't get to travel and i didn't get to see the ford magic skyway that was the the disney created attraction for ford so i would have loved to have been able to jump on the the disneyland version of the people mover but unfortunately they they closed that for the rocket rods and then rocket rods didn't stay around very long because uh, as you and i tony we talked about it earlier the the people mover attraction is it's a slow moving, mm-hmm. you know, slow moving tour around Tomorrowland. And that was how those support beams were built to support a slow moving attraction. Yeah. And when they toss those gigantic rocket rod cars on there and I mean, they like did wheelies and you know, high speed It was I, acceleration. I remember being, yeah. Stuff. It was
2: very high speed. I was surprised about that. I didn't expect that, especially since I thought at the time that that was the original park, it was not going to have anything that, that much more advanced than what we had back in on the East coast. But it was, um, it was very herky jerky. I remember that. Well,
0: mm-hmm. it didn't last long either because yeah. it they, they found that those, it, those high speed elements that they added with rocket rods added stress to the the support beams and it wasn't designed to do that so it was no longer safe to keep that so unfortunately the people mover track it's still there it's still an elevated track around disneyland but it's been sitting for empty sitting empty for close to two decades so that's unfortunate i've seen pictures of the load and unload area and it's circular just like the one the people mover in disney world and it it just sits there vacant and just collecting dust. So you that's know, kind just of crazy. Me,
2: you made me think about something when I, I'm remembering what those, what those, what those cars looked like, and what the Disney World ones started to look like at one point. Do you think their Jules Verne-ish uh, look to the future was kind of a tie-in to their? Well, didn't they have a movie? I, I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, I, I, I want to say Michael J. Fox was the the voice. A movie where they went into some kind of Jules Verne space thing. It was in the, in the nineties. Oh goodness. What's the name of that movie? It was not one of their, um, the well-known ones from the nineties. It came after Tarzan. Oh, um,
0: it was, uh, I know exactly what you're thinking of. Holy smokes. Hold on. Uh, my mind is blank is it's the one you're right. It was Michael J. Fox and Oh my gosh. What is the name of that movie? It wasn't it. Wasn't it Atlantis or something?
2: Atlantis, right. I right, think it was Atlantis because
0: yeah. Michael J. Fox was the voice and the, uh, I can't remember, I can't remember the character name or anything, but he wore the glasses and had like the red hair and stuff. I'm pretty sure that was Atlantis, but it right, was
2: Atlantis, the Lost Empire or something. Like that.
0: Yes, but it was like in space or something instead of underwater.
2: Right. And, and I, I'm looking really quickly. It looks like that was uh, 2001. So they, they were trying, I think they were trying to make, the two thousands look like what everyone had expected it to look like back in the thirties and forties. And, and, uh, and that's why I'm saying Jules Verne. It reminds me of uh, the trip to the moon. Those, those spaceship designs that they had back then.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know that.
2: Oh, in France, it, they have that thing.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's right. You know, I mean, even in Tomorrowland and in Dis- back in Disneyland, that they are already knew that tomorrowland was a problem because as soon as you built something for tomorrowland tomorrow was yesterday you know by the time they got yeah. it built so it was always behind so even when they built it in disney world they they ran into that problem with with mission to the moon originally by the time they built it in 71 and it opened in 71 we'd already gone to the moon yeah and space travel i guess you could say was kind of Routine, so they they had to change it to Mission to Mars. So the the theming of Tomorrowland has always been troublesome. So that's why in Disney World they went to the new Tomorrowland and tried to make it this whole alien interplanetary mm-hmm. thing. So it was no longer trying to chase the the technology of what we think tomorrow is going to be like, and and that's a lot of the, some of the same problems they ran into in Future World in Epcot Center is that you know, by the time they built it, it was no longer tomorrow. It was no longer the future.
2: But well, one has to wonder, did we, did we stop wondering what tomorrow is going to be like now that we, we achieved a lot of those dreams and thoughts that they had back in the day? It almost seems as everybody just gave up on thinking of what or imagining what a tomorrow might be like now.
0: I don't know if we've given up on, on thinking about tomorrow. What I do know they've given up on is spending that much money to rehab an area to have it only be out of date or obsolete by the time yeah. that the rehab is complete. So again, that's why they went to the new, new tomorrow land in 94. And then you, you mentioned in Paris at Disneyland Paris, they don't have a Tomorrowland. It's actually called discovery land in, in Dis- Disneyland Paris. And that whole land is very much that, retro steampunk jules verne steampunk that's kind of yeah yes i've been to disneyland paris Oh, it's been gosh it was 2005 so i i remember it but it's not as clear as i wish it was but i do definitely remember the the steampunk vibe i mean there's there's space mountain super cool it looks it's shaped like space mountain but it's gold and brass and steampunk it's it's super cool but you're right. They 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 stopped trying to focus on what tomorrow was going to be, and and because it, it, by the time you build it, it's our it's no longer tomorrow.
1: So that's definitely well, some think of the, the things too. To build something that is not in existence today and to dream it, there's a lot of cost to that. Oh, and, yeah. and, and and even like the monorail system that was so forward thinking. You can't even build that without it costing. I think costs are just deafening the opportunity for us to see the future.
0: Well, I know that back in the 80s when they were talking about possible extensions of the monorail system and monorail track taking you to, you know, then the MGM Studios and stuff. I remember the quote was always, it's so expensive. It's a million dollars a mile and all this stuff. And I've heard someone from the Disney company, I don't recall now who it was, but someone from the Disney company had said, you know, look, if it was as cheap as a million dollars a mile, we'd build it. It's definitely way more expensive than a million dollars a mile to, to add monorail track. And that's why we never got it. But I guess the, the, the Skyliner system must be cheaper than building a monorail because we yeah. actually did get that. So, you know, as it's, it's cool as the monorail is, I, I guess it's cost prohibitive. Like rehabbing Tomorrowland all the time, it's just you know very expensive. So that's why we have the different looks on whatever tomorrowlands are around the different parks around the around the world. Absolutely. So, all right, guys, that's it. That's awesome. That is the end of the Wedway People Mover segment. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Both Ron and Tony and you, the listener, hope you guys love the Wedway People Mover or the Tomorrowland Transit Authority Liner Blue Line, or the TTA, or the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. I hope you love that attraction. We do. We love it here over at the WDW Reflections Podcast. So thank you for joining us for that main segment of this week's show. So let's go ahead and move on over to our second segment, this is a little something we like to call what's happening now in Walt Disney World. So this week, demolition, I hate that word, demolition of Primeval World over at Disney's Animal Kingdom continued. I saw some, Ron, you're you doing a pouty face. It looks like <laughs> you're making a sad face. <laughs> I know you like that ride.
1: I like that ride.
0: So some photos I spotted online this week revealed that work began dismantling the front facade of the ride as they began moving or removing the attraction signage so that got me thinking okay we're losing primeval world there's going to be that big hole there in dino land so fellas if you were an imagineer what would you put there in its place would you stick with a dinosaur theme and try to tie it in with the dinosaur ride or would you abandon that altogether and return both the ride and the Dinoland area to a new concept? Would you retheme theme Dinoland and Dinosaur? Would you try to tie in some new attractions to the Bone yard and, and Hester and Jester's Dinarama and keep it a Dinoland theme? Or would you get rid of all that and start over and just, you know, redo the whole thing? Money is no object here. You are... You are Imagineers with a limitless budget. What would you do?
1: How about Ron first? We'll go with Ron. So I'm not a fan of that area anyway. So my first reaction is gut it and and do some very unique, crazy, out-of-the-box thinking and just make it over the top. And what that would, I'd have to sit down and really think through some, what that would be and what that would look like. But um, yeah, I'm for gutting that whole area and rethinking it. And, and um, I've never been a fan of, I've, in, I've never been a fan of dinosaur. And, and, and if I'm honest, I've never been on that ride. Um, wait, so, wait, what? wait, 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 wait. Wait,
0: wait a minute. In the same sentence, you said, Oh my God, I'm having flashbacks of the tiki room from last week. (laughs) This is Ron's thing. He's like, I'm not a fan of that ride, but I never did it. (laughs) So you're telling me, and I'm sorry, I'm clapping my hands here because I'm so mad. I don't know what that sounds like in the (laughs) microphone. I'm sorry if that's loud. Uh, uh, You're telling me you're not a fan of it yet. I've never. you really never ridden
1: it. it. Oh no! Yes. Oh my god! So let me explain. I'm just not a fan of dinosaurs. I just, <laughs> I just, it's never a, It just doesn't do it. So <laughs> like I'm breathing over here. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> and and so when, when you've got limited time, and I'm not, as um, oh here it comes, here it comes, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I'm Go not
1: really Who has a father-in-law that will sign me in Every other day I knew that was coming <laughs> No, it's just Seriously, we just haven't I mean, Melissa's wrote it I, I just never uh, Ron,
0: does those bumps hit, Upset your belly? Is it, does it make your
1: tummy feel bad? It really, it's not the best I don't like to be startled I will admit I don't <laughs> like <to be> <laughs> Oh my god, I can't take this dude. Ron, you're killing me, man.
0: So you know what? You remind me of my kids. It's like I put broccoli on my daughter's plate and she's like, "I don't like broccoli." I'm like, "You've never tried it. Just try it." This Ron, Ron, you
1: are the There's a girl. lot of t- I am. There's truth to that statement, and I've worked on that because I'm eating broccoli now, but that would have been me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude, you're, this is oh my gosh you it's like you're revealing something every week that you've never done and I'm like oh my gosh you're killing me so now your list is going to be long we've already added the Enchanted Tiki Bird. Room you yeah. got to go do that next time and now you better get yourself onto Dinosaur
1: that's fair I, I really do need to but I'd still re-theme it I like the idea that it's um, Indiana Jones in um, Disneyland I love that idea but that doesn't belong in Animal Kingdom. No, that, right. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't think you should retheme it there. But re retheming it and making it something more for Animal Kingdom would be cool.
0: Ron is killing me. He's <laughs> that dude is taking a gigantic eraser and removing stuff from the parks that he's never been on. He's like, what? get rid of, rid of
1: it. No, that's one ride I've not been on in, in the animal kingdom this dude is killing me (laughs) all right so
0: ron even though he doesn't know anything about dinosaur he's going to rip that sucker out and he's going to build an all new land all right love it holy smokes ron is as an imagineer is not a creator he is a destroyer he wants to remove (laughs) stuff all right i don't know what would that be an imagine uh, destructor. I don't know what that would be called. I don't know. We are going to have to term a new <laughs> call a new term.
1: <laughs> it's taking an area that the imagineers took a nap on and <laughs> putting something in there and and recreating something that was slept on. <sighs> Although
0: you've never slept on dinosaur. <laughs>
1: You wouldn't have slept on dinosaur. No, that would have. Ooh, it would have startled you. <laughs> I have, my kids have played in the boneyard. I mean, that's just, that was, it's just taking up space. It's just something they threw in there. Along with this huge dinosaur that you walk under. Uh, come on, we can do better. All right, Tony. I'm begging you, man,
0: save us, <laughs> save this segment of the show. I know you've been on dinosaur. So right there, this is already, it's already going to help this segment. So.
2: yeah, and Not only have me. I been on dinosaur, we used to, I think that we used to make that our first ride. In fact, I think wow. the last time, the last time I could, we used to, my wife and I used to stay at animal kingdom uh, lodge um, when back in the day. And the, we used to make that our first ride and go on and then go back on. In fact, my last memory, I think, of Animal Kingdom was going on that ride about four times in a row because it was just so fun. Um, which is a crazy bumpy way to wake up. But I think um that that part of the land, as I mentioned before, I, I never really liked the 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 Dino Land section. And I know they've been thinking of trying to expand it several different ways. I was trying to think of a Disney property that they could connect that to. Unfortunately, The Good Dinosaur was not as well known of a movie uh, for anybody or well beloved. That would would have been a good spot to do something, maybe with the little little kid there and a dinosaur there. But uh, maybe completely rethinking that part and doing something similar to what... um, Universal done with their Jurassic Park section and making more of a, of an information area about, about that era, you know, find out more about the, um, the time that they lived, make it a little bit more of a museum, because I think we've got conservation station still there, or one of those type of things that, that gives is. you information about real animals. So maybe they could do that. And I also am looking forward to them doing someday if the movie maintains its popularity that it was five or six years ago of doing the um, uh, the one with all the uh, Zootopia doing something with the Zootopia characters, maybe they could put that there, something small, not too huge and, and, and utilize that that for something exciting.
0: Look, that's a great idea. I don't know if I wanted to get rid of, of. DinoLand or whatever. No,
2: not I wouldn't want them to get rid of, of the dinosaur. I'm just saying as an addition, another place you can go visit while you're here. And
0: bringing Zootopia to Animal Kingdom does kind of make sense, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm not a huge fan of all this IP, you know, mm-hmm. shoving IPs down our throat. I understand why they have to do it cuz they have to sell t-shirts and and Disney plush and stuff things like that. I get it. Um But look, Dinosaur's a great ride. Ron, what are you doing, man? That's a a great ride. It's really fun. That's making me feel bad. I liked it better when it was Countdown to Extinction. I think that's a much cooler name, you know. But again, in in some of the early IP shoving, when the the movie Dinosaur came out, that's why they changed the name of the ride. They changed it to Dinosaur instead of Countdown to Extinction. I think that name is much better suited to what you experience on the ride, because, you know, the meteors are coming and all that. I think that they could certainly build upon the Dino Institute. You know, that's what the, you know, the dinosaur ride, (coughs) excuse me, the dinosaur ride is based on the Dino Institute. So they're, you know, they're studying dinosaurs. And that's why, they built those time rovers so they can go back and actually look at dinosaurs as they lived and everything.
1: So so yeah, I mean, that would be cool. I'm just saying that that area is, if you want to keep the prehistoric or, you know, you want that error and the dinosaur study and that's cool. I just think that they, they slept on the development of that area. I agree that I, I would like them to expand
0: upon the Dino Institute. That's what I would like to see.
2: Maybe I think, uh, if they still have them, bring in the, the dinosaurs that were in the, the universe of energy and put them in there.
0: Tony, you were reading my mind. I was going to say that at 100%. I, I'm sure they're freaking stuffed in a, in a warehouse or something somewhere down there in Orlando. Those dinosaurs still exist somewhere. And there was probably 10 or 20 of them from the universe of Energy. They could definitely, I, I, you hear that? I said definitely and certainly together. And I said definitely. They could definitely repurpose those into something in, in, in Dino Land and make it some addition or expansion to the Dino Institute. That's what I'd like to see. But there is definitely a gigantic hole there, or there's going to be a gigantic hole there when Primeval World is is done being demolished and, and carried away. So I just thought that would be fun to, to maybe a little armchair imagineering there for a second and talk about that because we don't know what's coming there, but I'm sure eventually something's going to go there. So that'll be fun to, to wait and see what happens. So continuing on what's happening now in Walt Disney World, we got a message this week on Instagram from a listener from uh reeland 13 on Instagram. So I thought we could answer it here and what's happening now. So she wants our opinion. She says, we're planning a trip for September, 2022 is the memory maker ticket add-on a good value or is it too expensive for what you get? And should we just stick to taking our own pictures on our phones? Mm. So Uh, I know my answer. I'll let you guys go first, Ron. What do you think? The memory maker, the add on to your ticket where you add the memory maker. What do you think? Is it a are we adding value there when we when we purchase that, or is that something that you like to get, or do you stay stay away from it?
1: No, so we always pre purchase it because it's always cheaper when you pre purchase instead of getting it when you're in the park. And some of my favorite pictures from Disney
2: um,
1: are from doing that. And what's really cool is that um, you can add some templates over the pictures and you can even end up holding characters, just some unique pictures that you wouldn't get on your own. Uh, I don't think it's a waste at all. It, It definitely creates... Opportunities, and you don't always feel like you have to have your camera out. I mean, obviously, I'm still taking pictures of my own, but these are professional shots that let you get some really good pictures of your family, and I think it does create um, memories. I mean, we've got pictures of our daughters in their in their princess dresses after being um, done up at Boppity Bippity Boutique, Bippity Boppity, sorry, Boutique. And um, so, yeah, we, we definitely would we would do it if we're going to spend any length of time in the park. We, we
0: always do that. All right. Uh, so Ron says, yes, get that memory maker. It's a nice addition. Hey, Tony, what about you, sir? What do you think?
2: How much more is that? You know,
0: well, there's a couple of different options. Uh, the memory maker for one day is sixty nine dollars. If you land, this was Ron's advice. If you're going to get it as an advanced purchase, you have to get it three days prior to activation. Okay. It's $169. And that's for the length of your trip. Uh Uh-huh. And then if you buy it while you're there, it's $199.
2: Wow.
1: So it's not cheap for sure. It's not cheap. Uh, I don't think I would. Since I've done it. It was not near that expensive when we did it. We, it was probably about $100, and that was pre-purchased for us. Now, obviously, that's been several years ago that we did that. So, um, yes, it's gone up quite a bit since you last purchased it. Is she uh,
2: saying it's her first trip to Disney?
0: Uh, it's their first trip in, I th- let's see, or the early 2000s. So it's, it's been a while.
2: Since the early two thousands, well, if they really want to capture memories and don't want to have to worry about it, I don't see a problem with it. But um, from my personal experience, my wife and I like taking our own pictures, and it's it's not a big deal to ask the cast member to, "Can you do this for me?" They'll take pictures for you. Uh, during my last trip, it was even more miraculous because they uh, we we took one at uh, or a couple at one of the character spots where we met uh, Darth Vader and BB eight or something. And they took the picture for you. And not only did they take the, the photo for you, but it suddenly appeared in your Disney experience app. So we have access to those photos. So if you're just going to have your photos in your phone, you might as well just do it yourself, I think. But if you're going to want memories that you're going to print out or have, uh, a, a book where you can actually look at and, and enjoy, I think then that's when you should opt for that. And you don't have to worry about the, um, who the quality of, of the photo or you can enhance it like ron is saying it, it sounds kind of fun
1: so i will do you brought up a good point though tony um any of those photographers or they don't they really don't mind using your camera yeah the same people that are taking the pictures will now obviously if they have somebody with the cards in line they're going to take them first but um if they're free they will gladly take pictures for you and even in some of the iconic spots so exactly um but to your point i think you're right i think if you're just if you're looking to print these pictures or put a book together that's when you're really going to like having them because you have those templates that are pre-printed on the pictures and you can end up holding characters and stuff yeah, especially Sorry, if you're I mean, kind
2: of if you're the kind of person who forgets the fact that you have the photos on your phone, then it's definitely good to have someone do that for you because then you'll have a, a physical memory that you can take home with you if you really want to capture it that way.
0: Yeah, I will say. Now, she, she also mentioned, you know, obviously, I didn't read the entire uh, message to here in the show, but it's their first trip with her kids, mm-hmm. so that's that's a big deal, you know. You, you, there's for me, there's no such thing as too many pictures of your kids. I, I literally have thousands. I, I have, I have, all, <laughs> you're maybe you don't, you're going to think I'm crazy. I have uh, about 40,000 pictures uh, on my external hard drive or whatever. And I have it saved in a couple of places so that I, if one drive dies, I don't lose all my photos, but I've got over 40,000 pictures of, you know, in the 21 years that my wife and I have been married, and then having kids and everything that's I've got about 40,000 pictures. So I am a big fan of pictures. So I'm a big fan of the memory maker, you know, the photo pass and I've done both. I don't get it every trip obviously, but I've done both. And I can tell you that when I buy or when I'm planning on buying that, that photo pass and I go back to back in the day when it was called photo pass and you would purchase and you would get a CD of the photos on it. And you would bring the the CD back home and you could put it on your computer and stuff. I've literally come home with a PhotoPass CD with about 2000 photos on it because they will. I mean, we, we made it a point where we would hit every PhotoPass guy we passed, we would get some pictures taken. And it's kind of liberating because you, you're not pulling your camera out of your pocket every five minutes and it's nice to experience the parks disconnected but of course when I'm talking about that I'm talking about the days before you know the my Disney experience app and before you had to do everything on your phone and now with you know genie plus coming and everything uh, you know actually I believe it's actually already started now genie plus opened on the sixteenth of October so with all of that you really can't disconnect from your phone so you know maybe not having to take all of the pictures can get you off your phone for a little bit and i enjoy having the photo pass photos and you can go in and play with it online you can add characters to your photos you can put frames around it you can get it to say you know magic kingdom 2021 and you know with pixie dust and stuff you can do a lot of stuff in the in the within the the system to add you know, different things to it, to make it, to spruce it up a little bit, make it fancy looking, have borders and frames and characters. There's a lot of options that you can do.
2: Is there a so, limit to the amount of photos you can take with, with, uh, with the photo pass?
0: Not that I've seen. Like I'm saying, when I, I've come home with them and with adding different frames and all that stuff, I've literally had thousands of pictures
1: on there. So, and, and I'd like to know, I don't remember. I mean, when we did it, it was still PhotoPass, do Dewey. And... But it broke even after just a few pictures. If you were to get your picture taken and then go buy that print, you were very quick to realize, man, I wish I would have bought that before I got here because I could have had any picture I wanted. And then you have it digitally and can print it whenever you want it. Obviously the cost um, is, I, I like do it. I don't do it every single time. But when our kids were small, we did it a lot, and, and I don't regret it at all. I look at those pictures, and, and it's a lot of fun to go back to them. I agree. Uh, I, I suggest getting it. So Reeland
0: 13, I would suggest getting it. I think it's a pretty good value and, you know, lots of cool stuff that you can do with them. You can get tons of pictures taken, and, and they're, they had the pass people set up at all the iconic picture spots and everything.
2: Just remember to do that to make it worthwhile.
0: Oh yeah. That's yes. That's true. You I mean, it is a little bit of work as don't pass by those photo pass people, you know. If you come home, you paid $169 for the memory maker and you didn't make an effort to stop at those photo pass people, those photographers, then you're going to be upset that you that you did that you bought it. But also now back in the day with photo pass, it didn't include something that it now does. Now you also get the attraction photos in the memory That's maker. Right. So when that. you go down Splash Mountain and they take your picture, that goes on your memory maker. And when they take your picture on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean or whatever, all of those pictures go to your memory maker. So those are twenty or twenty bucks a pop if you wanted to buy your, yep. you know, your picture of you and your family on Tower of Terror. That's twenty bucks just for one printed photo. So. Uh, I think it's a good value. I would suggest getting it. So reeland 13 thank you for your question. Uh, when you get back from your trip in September of 2022, make sure you come back and send us some pictures. We'd like to see what you're, what you get with that memory maker. We'd love to hear about it. All right, guys, so that takes us to the end of segment number two, what's happening now in Walt Disney World. So let's move on to segment number three, This is a little thing we like to call, What's Your Favorite? Each week, one of your hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys. Those two hosts don't know the questions ahead of recording and must answer the question on the spot. This week, I, Dewey, get to take on, What's Your Favorite? So, gentlemen, here's the question I pose to you this week. What's your favorite between the Liberty Square Riverboat Attraction the Lily Bell or the Walt Disney World Railroad. So I got uh, let me give you a couple of words here that explains those two attractions. So the Liberty Square Riverboat attraction says steam into American history aboard the majestic colonial era Liberty Bell Riverboat and enjoy a relaxing half mile tour around Tom Island. Along the way, listen to recorded narrator in the voice of iconic American author and humorist Mark Twain sharing memories of Twain's time on the Mississippi. Or for the Walt Disney World Railroad, listen to the clamor of the engine, the chug of the wheels, and the call of the whistle as you drive or as you travel aboard the Walt Disney World Railroad. Take your seat on one of four meticulously restored vintage narrow gauge steam trains originally built between 1916 and 1928 and enjoy a relaxing 20 minute one and a half mile scenic round trip tour. So there you go. There are your choices. Liberty square riverboat attraction, the Lily bell or the Walt Disney world railroad. Ron, we'll go with you first, sir.
1: Yeah, this is easy for me. The railroad hands down. Love it ride it it was um something that walt would have i, I it just it's classic disney have to ride the railroad so that's hands down no question
0: not even close now jerry here we go ron have you actually been on the railroad
1: i have i've even been on this steamship
0: hey he's actually been on both of these outstanding <laughs> so he can give us a valid opinion that's exciting ron that's exciting all right so ron says the walt disney world railroad very good on to you tony are you a fan of the lily bell or are you going along with ron on a trip around the magic kingdom on the walt disney world railroad
2: this is another one of those instances where i'm a fan of both i like being on the riverboat because as I keep saying, I'm a city boy. So that's a, that's a, a fun experience for me to see the countryside, uh, even though it, it's fake, uh, it's fun to, to take that little ride or, or around that, that part of the country. Um, but I will say the railroad is my favorite of these two, because there's a little surprise toward the end that most people don't even realize. You think you're just taking the the, the little um, roller ride around uh, magic kingdom. However, at one point, you do take a little trip somewhere else, and it's a lot of fun when you get to that area. And, um, and uh, it's a I, I used to bring people on who used to think, Oh, I, I don't want to take a train around the, the park, we could just walk. And I would say, Wait till we get to, to that section. And they, they thought it was pretty cool.
0: So, you are saying you love them both, but if you had to choose, you're going with the Walt Disney World Railroad,
2: the railroad, yes. All right.
0: I'm kind of like you, Tony. I'm, It's probably 52, 48, 52% to 48%. It's really close. You know, Lily Bell, that's named after Walt Disney's wife. That's super cool. Uh, I love Mark Twain. I I know I've mentioned it on the show before. He's one of my favorite authors. So it's fun to hear, you know, Mark Twain talk about his time on the, you know, Mark Twain was a riverboat. He worked on riverboats before he was an author and everything. So that's pretty cool throwback to, you know, the, the, the day, the 1800s and when steamships were, you know, the, a big, big mode of transportation in our country. But the the Walt Disney World Railroad, man, it just goes back to, you know, Walt Disney having his own little miniature railroad in the backyard of his house in California. And that inspired the, the railroad going around Disneyland when they finally built Disneyland in the 50s. And man, you just can't beat uh, a trip around the, the around Walt Disney World, around the Magic Kingdom on that train. I know that it's been closed right now for quite a while, uh, closed during the pandemic and stuff, and I, it hasn't reopened yet. But I, be, I, I can't remember the last time I rode on that thing. So uh, I would, I, I'm in need of another trip on the Walt Disney World Railroad. I can remember going back. I remember you guys remember. Oh, you know what, Tony, you weren't there. You didn't go until the '90s, when they built or when they were building Splash Mountain in the late '80s. They had to build that Frontierland, you know, build Splash Mountain around the Frontierland station. If you remember, when you ride the, the the railroad, it actually goes into the mountain, and you can see the last scene of Splash Mountain. So while they were building that. The the Walt Disney World Railroad literally traveled from Main Street to the Frontierland Station, stopped and then just went back to back to the Main Street Station backwards.
1: Oh, that's so cool.
0: you would travel to Frontierland and it would be like, oh, that's the end of the line. And then it would ju- you could ride it <laughs> would go backwards back to wow. Main Street Station. It didn't go around. So I remember that as a kid. It was funny. I remember when they uh, had built Mickey's Birthday Land, there was a whole, uh, it it was the Mickey's Birthday Land Express, and there was a whole song about Mickey's 60th birthday. I have a lot of great memories about the Walt Disney World Railroad. So uh, it looks like it's a, a unanimous decision today. All three of us are going with the Walt Disney World Railroad no offense to the lily bell we all enjoyed the lily bell we all enjoy the liberty square riverboat cruise but i think uh, i think we made all the, we all made the right choice real Definitely
2: quickly i'm was. not i'm not i'm not i'm not remembering this wrong there is a scene at the end that was a lot of fun isn't there that's a kind of a different uh they take you to a different era or am i thinking of disneyland
0: uh i Yes, you're thinking of Disneyland. Oh, okay. Isn't Never the mind. one in Disney World the one where Dr. Emmett Brown hops on the train and it transforms into a flying time machine? <laughs> or oh, wait, wait—that's that's the wrong—that's the wrong part. Well, the thing I'm thinking
2: about, uh, Ron, you probably wouldn't like this part, is <laughs> it takes you—it takes you back to the dinosaur land, and you get to see that actual scene from Ellen's. That's um, kind of a reenactment of the one from from the from the uh, uh, from the Energy Adventure with the two dinosaurs fighting over the.
0: That's right. Thing. Now, Tony, so yes, you were right. That is in Disneyland.
2: Whoops, I forgot.
0: That's okay. Do you know where that scene came from? That's not the original. Yes, location. I think I do.
2: I think it came from the New York World's Fair.
0: That's correct. And it's funny that I don't know how we do this every week, but somehow it all ties together. That dinosaur scene and all those dinosaurs fighting and stuff was actually a part of the Magic Skyway attraction. The one from the 1964 65 World's Fair that you rode in the Ford automobile on that, the initial people mover technology. So, I don't, Tony, nice, nice segue bringing in the Disneyland Railroad because, yes, that when they left the World's Fair, those dinosaurs made it to the Disneyland Railroad attraction out in Disneyland. So, there we go, tying it all together with a nice, neat little bow. That was awesome. So three votes for the Main Street, not Main Street, the Walt Disney World Railroad. That's fantastic. All right, guys. So that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please go and follow us on all of our social media. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast and on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on the following podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and Overcast. And as we grow, we'll let you know where else we can be found. If you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience and it helps us grow. And leave us, com- leave us some comments. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of the social media accounts, or you can email us at www.reflectionspodcast at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, tips for navigating the theme parks, ideas for future podcast topics, or anything else you can think of. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you for listening, and please keep coming back to the WDW Reflections podcast. See you real soon. Tomorrowland Transit Authority non nonstop, Metroliner, nonstop now, now departing Rocket, Rocket Tower, Tower Plaza, Plaza Station, Station for a round-trip, round-trip super, super skyway, skyway. tour.